What's up, everybody? We're back. We're back. We're here. Again. We're excited. Second season. Season two. Season two. Dose. Is it second season Dose. or is it season two? I tell you, this is the sequel to season one. <laughs> no. Can't do that. No. You make everything just weird. Well, you make things weird. I'm sorry. It's going to get real weird when we go to the prequel. No, what's one. real weird is you hugging up on Heath. <laughs> We're going to change it a little bit. We only have four microphones. <laughs> well, actually, we have more than four mics. We only... Well, we I'm not, this is my mic. I'm not letting you get in mine. You gotta let Heath spit yeah, on don't yours. Spit on my mic over there. Hey, we got a cool episode to open up season two. We got hey, a guest. I'm excited. Hey. Very first guest, real guest to sit down with us and the talk to us. Doctor Ronnie Simpson. Well, second guest. We kind of have Ronnie Simpson. No, no. Doctor Jeremy Simpson, my dad, pastor, and uh, pastor. Thanks to Calvary. Welcome Good to, to the be with y'all. Bible college professor. Yep. <laughs> Father He's going to throw me off. I know. Episode, just saying. All around family friend. Yeah. <laughs> is, is he the best father in law you've ever had? He is my favorite father in law oh, ever. We're friends. He's my bud. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I, did you uh, Did you see that text that Mama sent Simpson crew about the picture? Hmm? The shirt. Yeah, the we shirt. Ought to no, read. I haven't looked at it yet. We ought to maybe read that. Yeah, <laughs> my mom just sent a text to the family. Our family group text? Yeah, she says she wants this T-shirt ordered for Donathan. I never dreamed I'd end up being a son-in-law of a freaking awesome mother-in-law, <laughs> but here I am living the dream. That's what Donathan needs. Yep. That's it right there. That's funny. So, uh, hey, are y'all excited to be back? I mean, I am. It's awesome. Yeah. We got some, we're going I mean, of course, you've probably watched the uh, promo video for the mm-hmm. second season or the season two or the sequel to the first season. It's going to be bigger. <laughs> you choose it. <laughs> I don't know which one to say. I'm in limbo. Well, we're just winging it as we go. We're just winging it. Hey, that's our motto. We're going to put it on a t-shirt. Just wing it. Just Just wing it. it. I'm winging my way. No. No, let's not do that. (laughs) Hey, but here we go. We got some cool new uh, segments in the episodes we're bringing. One of them is rapid fire questions. Oh, I'm so good at rapid fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. I'm not even going there. Here's the deal. We're going to ask questions. And there's no thinking about it. I majored in rapid fire. Yeah, that's true. No thinking about it. Just answer. You should have to do it every week with him. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's great. Here we go. Y'all ready? All right. I'm going to start with a simple one. Brother Heath, I'm going to you first. What's your favorite drink? Dr. Pepper. Ooh. I'm on there with you. Can or bottle? Oh, that's a good question. Answer. Can or bottle? In the mic. <laughs> I was thinking. That was me thinking. All right. Uh, uh, no, not on. Not on those. Um, I got to go with the tall cans and the tall boys. Oh no! No, hang on a second. They get <laughs> first of all, Whoa. they get dead. Yeah. Big boy. They lose not their when you drink them like I do. <laughs> the little, the little bottle. Doctor Pepper's the best. They are good. Twelve yeah. ounce. Yeah, just drink two of them. They stay oh, fresh. Yeah. They yeah. do. They do. Yeah, the twelve I, ounce diet. You Dr. can't Pepper. go wrong. Just as long as the Dr Pepper, you can't go wrong. Yeah, even diet Dr Pepper is good. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, wrong. it is. Well, look at me. There's no diet about me. <laughs> well, diet Dr Pepper is bad for you too. What about you? What's your favorite drink? All right. Well, I drink a lot of water, but that's really not a drink. And <laughs> I love lemonade. <laughs> but if I was going to have to say my favorite drink, I would say a bottle cheer wine. Glass bottle? Glass bottle. Okay. I'm in full agreement with that. I can't drink them anymore because of my kidney stones, but glass bottle kidney stones. The best. I'm with you on that. I like that, but that's not what I'm picking. I'm going to go with a can Mountain Dew. I'm talking about cold 
make that's you, pure syrup. Make your head hurt when you drink it Mountain Dew. Make your hair fall out from what I hear. This Diet is true. Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew. Made his hair oh, fall yeah. out. It's still it's still my favorite. A can, twelve ounce Diet Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew. I mean ice cold Diet Mountain Dew. It didn't make his belly fall. That's <laughs> true. This is true. true. <laughs> did make my hair fall out. It did. Oh goodness. Okay, so the next question. This is gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to this segment of the Avon Corner. All right. When are you most productive? When are you the most productive? Morning, evening, night. Very early in the morning. Yes, I'm with seven you. o'clock to two o'clock. Yes. That's my most productive hours. I, you you I, realize I, 2 o'clock is not in the morning, right? 7 to 2 after. Okay. okay. Those, yeah. se- those 7 hours is yeah. when I get all of my work done. Well, I found with me, especially if I wait to really start working until like 9, I get less done in the same, much less done in the mm-hmm. same amount of time, even more time if I just get up and just go to, you know, go to work. It took me a lot of years to learn that. Yeah. As a child, teenager, young person, young oh, adult, yeah. I didn't realize that. But it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to be a video gamer. I, mean, I used to play video games all night long. <laughs> and Daddy always told me, you play as long as you want to. But at 6 o'clock, the horses better be fed. Yeah. And so at 6 o'clock every morning, I was up. So my, my I got, I've got to be at work at 6 now. Yeah. So from I, I would say from 5.30, maybe even 5, probably till 12. Because about the time I ate lunch, <laughs> I'm, done. <laughs> I'm done, ready for a nap. Yeah. yeah. What about you, bro, Chris? Oh, early in the morning. I'm with Heath. I, I mean, I work at 5.36. So, I mean, even like. On the weekends when I'm doing work around the house, I'm still up. Heather said, "Why don't you sleep in?" I'll get up and start at six o'clock. I said, "That is sleeping in for me because I usually get up at four. Yeah. And I'm glad us four, four o'clock does come twice a day. That's true. I'm glad <laughs> us four right went first because <laughs> yeah, I know really Donald's right be wrong. Different. I mean, mine is either from seven to ten in the morning or from eleven to two at night. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say <laughs> Because here's why. From 7 to 10, most of the time I'm by myself. And for me. You're saying 7 a.m. to. Yeah, 7 a.m. to 10. A.m. A.m. Okay. Okay. That or 11 to 2. Because for me, I hit most of the time, I hit a second breath about 1030. And so from 11 to 2, I'm if I'm going to study, I'd rather study from 7 to 10 or from 11 to 2 because if I study any earlier most of the time my mind it's not mm. grooving it's not functioning grooving and in the middle of the day if I study in the middle of the day I don't I don't retain what I study in the middle of the day because I got so much else going on mm-hmm. oh. and so I have to find either early in the morning or late at night that's groovy y'all do know the, the Pareto principle right no tells have y'all ever studied the Pareto principle oh yeah I studied that in college it's an 80-20 the 80-20 rule oh, yeah. you need to look mm-hmm. that up it's pretty awesome if you're watching or listening yeah Look up the Pareto Principle. It's about uh, 80% of your production comes from 20% of your effort. Hmm. So if you could learn to, to, to have more effort, because what we have, we have a lot of lazy time, especially yeah. today with social media and yeah. phones and things. But it goes upon, it, that goes across every realm. In, in, in America, 80% of the the United States is owned by less than twenty percent of the people. It's mm-hmm. it's a rule that's just an amazing thing. You ought to study eighty percent of the work's done by twenty percent of the people. Yes. Yeah. In a church, eighty percent is done by twenty percent. It's 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 an amazing thing. I think it's an Italian guy, Pareto, mm-hmm. that came up with it a couple cent couple of uh centuries ago. Wow. Look it up. It's yeah. Pretty cool. cool. Question about talking about efficiency yeah. and when yeah. you do 
take taking that into account, you obviously study a lot. It's shown in Bible college, preaching, all that kind of stuff. Would you rather have two hours of just hard studying or an eight-hour time slot that you just study throughout, if that makes sense? Like two hours that you shut down the phone, shut down When I was else. younger, I loved cramming. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, Rebecca's dad starts on Monday preparing for Wednesday, starts on Thursday preparing for Sunday. I was not like that. Right. My dad is not like that. He's getting that. He's more like that now. But when I was young, when I used to study for Sunday morning, I would read and things during the week, but I would mm-hmm. cram from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock every Sunday morning, build two sermons for that day. I liked it fresh. Good. Now, I don't like cramming. Now, mm-hmm. I like spreading it out over hours and hours. Somebody asked me the other day, like two weeks ago, how many hours a week I study. It's hard to say, but I'd, I'd say it's at least 30 hours a week that right. I'm studying. I like the stretched out now. Mm-hmm. You get the more meditating, mm-hmm. you get meditation in. When you when you cram, you don't get to really meditate on things, and I learned that. Right. Learned that. Can you explain that meditation? You mentioned it a few weeks ago in Bible college, I believe it was, and what do you do during that meditation time? And when you're talking about, oh. no, <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. But, but I got to thinking about that, and I've really tried in my study to, to, to just, I mean, I love, one thing, that's going to sound silly, but I love to take a ball and throw it in there and catch it. Mm-hmm. And that gets my mind just thinking. Everybody's an individual, and, so what and, works for you? And, and just thinking about the, 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 the verses the Lord put on my heart that week. And, and is that kind of what you do? or is that, uh, Yeah, I, I, li- you- I like to, honestly, sometimes I'll just sit back in my chair, put my feet on my desk, close my eyes, maybe turn the Bible app on, just let it, and just sit there and think about what I've been studying. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed what thoughts come when it you does. just mm-hmm. relax. I think that's the biggest problem mm-hmm. of our generation mm-hmm. is we don't know how to take time. Well, now, you talk about the f- former generation, they had to work all the time, but at night they didn't. Dude, when the nice. sun went down, they had candlelight, they had mm-hmm. a lantern, oh, they, they had no TV, Netflix. no social media. Right. They meditated right. in the evening. And True. so, you know, you, you've got to take some time. I think it repairs your your, your mental state, your spiritual state, mm-hmm. your physical state. There's nothing wrong with taking some rest. Mm-hmm. Ever since you said that, it's changed my life. I mean, mm-hmm. it really has. Well, I think you got to go back to that. All the things we have now, social media, all the streaming sources we have. Most of our founding fathers, I mean, they were geniuses. Yes. They spoke more than one language, most of them. All we they, are literally the dumbest the generation. Dumb. <laughs> I'm are. just saying. I agree with you 100%. I agree. And our leaders are the dumbest of the dumb. <laughs> I'm your leader. I'm your pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about that one. And Heather's your leader. We don't want to talk about her on here. <laughs> Oh, no, but it's the truth. We've 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 dumbed down our society. Yeah, yeah uh, and I I think it makes astronomical differences because like just being around you. That's a big word for you. Thanks. Living with me, living with you, yeah. all that kind of stuff. That's another like, story. I used to just like you said, like cram everything. But I found if I'll take a verse and just memorize that verse and then just mull that verse over for about a week, the thoughts that you pull out of that one verse just right. by pretty much just chewing on it. Well, you know, we're just a couple of weeks removed in our semester of Bible college. We're doing the major doctrines of the Bible. Mm-hmm. We've got to outline it, and there's a bunch of stuff we got to do with it because our professor's great. Thanks to and uh, you know, professor. but honestly, we did the uh, doctrine of imputed righteousness. Yeah, that was hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was difficult because there's not a lot really on that, and the verses aren't in the Bible about it. I had to read it and read it and read it, and like what I got out of it was just literally for me sitting there. Looking at my Bible and just thinking, 
That's honestly. And, and like for me, I don't know how it was for y'all, but for me, it was wrapping my mind around the concept. And once I figured out the concept, I mean, I had it, yeah. but it was figuring out, okay, what exactly is imputed righteousness? What does it mean? Yeah. And so once you get it, Y'all and learned, y'all learned meditation with systematic theology book, the book mm. that I, y'all learned how to read something three or four times. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. Or eschatology. or eschatology. Yeah, that's yeah. good. In th- times. Man. Good old eschatology. That's depressing just thinking about reading that book again. <laughs> hey, 680-some I mean, pages, it was a lot. It's great. It was it's, not a, it's not on my... Uh, the bookshelf. <laughs> it's, I got it, but it's not on my bookshelf. That's funny. <laughs> it's just on a day. It's just in the desk drawer. That's funny. Uh, PTSD. Okay. That's, what's been What's been your favorite thing to meditate on? What is my favorite thing? To we'll meditate say in like the, the past year. What's been your favorite subject to meditate on? Wow, that's a tough question. I'd say, I, honestly, I think um, I've been stuck on the Trinity. Mm-hmm. In my own personal stuff, I've preached a few messages on the Trinity this year, and that's a that one will make your brain go haywire. There's a lot, but in there. but lot. that's probably over the last year. That's probably what I've looked at and thought about more than anything. Yeah. Well, let me just say this: that's not good. Yeah, because because that's what we're supposed to be writing our outline. Y'all are right. No, thank God I ain't got to go. <laughs> I already went. <laughs> you ain't gotta, yeah, you ain't got to. I ain't got to do it again. You ain't got a lecture. I ain't got a lecture on that one. So that's I, I got mean eight books in my car about the Trinity <laughs> like that I'm studying <laughs> on. Oh my goodness. Oh my. All right. So let me give you another rapid fire question. And uh, we're still on rapid fire. Oh my bad. I know, I know. It was good. It was, it was great. But that's what we want though. That's what we're yeah, here for. Go ahead. We have a good time and ask yeah. a lot of questions. It'll all be different. When you're let me give can I give advice? When you're sitting at a table with someone that's much older than you, much wiser than you, just ask the best questions. thing you can do is ask questions to them, I think. <laughs> so listen. that's what we're doing today. When are they get in here. I know. <laughs> hey, well, you've got gray hair. He's got no hair, so they're already here. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of gray. That's why here. I keep my beard real close because when it comes out, it's like white. You got gray hair. You got no hair. All right, here we go. Diet Mountain Dew. We're going a whole lot less spiritual. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. 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 Okay. But I do like cats, but Rebecca doesn't. That's why. Okay, we don't tell them. No. No. I might be wrong, but didn't no. you want to get like a. No, I've aggravated your mama for years about a skinless cat. I mean, a hairless cat. <laughs> a hairless cat. <laughs> I've hey, always told Rebecca, she freaks out because I'll be like, so I'll creepy. see one of the pictures and I'll be like, dude, we've got to get one of these. These are awesome. It's inside out. She's freaks it's inside out. out. Dr. Yeah. Was it Rachel that got the skinless? Yeah, yes. uh, inside the hairless out. You said it again. Mr. Whiskerson sold it to... Yeah, I can't Gunther. remember. Gunther. Yeah. It's not spiritual. Let's it's not spiritual. Hey, I told you we're going we less spiritual. derailed right there. All right, here we go. Let me give you another one. Uh, and then maybe, stuff matters. I mean, sometimes that yeah. we talk about. Here we go. Summer or winter? Mm. Good question. Good question. Neither. I like the I'm changing a spring of the fall. season. Oh, sorry. He's talking. Go ahead. He <laughs> 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 don't have his head fall. Summer or winter both stink. Spring and fall. Yeah, but if you had to choose between the two. Winter. I'm going to go winter because you can put enough clothes on to stay warm. You, you can only take so much off before it gets inappropriate. Excuse me, sir. Sir, you dropped your tea. Winter, winter. Oh, winter. There's a, you dropped winter. it. Winter, winter, winter chicken, chicken dinner. dinner. <laughs> oh, did you? I'm going to go winter. <laughs> you just said <laughs> Sir, I said you dropped your tea. tea. <laughs> I said it because of you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bro, Chris. I'm going winter also. Good job, winter. Because I mean, you know, summer comes around, and like you said, the clothes come off. 
that and there's to me there's a whole lot more work goes right. on yeah. in the summer right yeah. you know and it's harder to do all the work that goes on in the summer in that heat and, and winter and summer don't matter Definitely. my wife's feet are cold both both <laughs> seasons so it's like you wouldn't say that if you was no. busting wood in 20 degree weather <laughs> <laughs> you've never done that <laughs> that's true uh, yeah. um my wife, we're you know we're still working on getting in a house, still living in the camper, and she said, "I do not want to live in a camper in the wintertime." Mm. She said, "That's going no, to be she horrible." No, no, she doesn't. Well, summertime no. ain't that great either, because that little That's air condition runs yeah. and runs and runs and runs, and but filling up that gas tank, yeah, over That's and bad. over and over. We we'll did go that one a month winter. right now. That's cooking and heating water. Oh, so. you'll do that probably a week. Yeah, in the winter. Yeah. In the winter. 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 Well, hang on, I got one. Okay, just for brother Jeremy. All right, gravy and biscuits. Or biscuits and gravy. No, Great. that's not the. Qu- that's not how you preface the question. Last time he said gravy biscuits. Gravy biscuits. He asked the question. Is gravy it gravy biscuits? biscuits he said gravy biscuits and gravy or gravy and biscuits. No, gravy biscuits. Gravy biscuits. Is that how you gravy say it? Bi- that's no. how. That's how I said. No, how, yeah. I say it. I mean, no. it just depends on how hungry I am. I guess whatever comes out. <laughs> <for> <laughs> it used to be before. Well, I don't want to put feed me. Local restaurant <laughs> went south. It was gravy over biscuits. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah gravy That's how you ordered it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I love some gravy and biscuits. Yeah. Biscuits and gravy. Y'all not going to comment, Jonathan? Jeremiah? No, I no comment. But I'm funny episode, about my yeah. gravy. I don't want. I don't want no cheap gravy. That powder, that powder gravy. No, I want some good stuff. Yeah, oh, wow. Worth Johnson. He's a. Uh, he's got he's an a wizard. He's a wizard <laughs> with gravy. Chip, have you ever had chip beef? Chip beef gravy. <laughs> Be careful. Get, 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 chipped beef gravy. Yeah. Yes, I have. And that or bologna gravy. I hadn't had bologna. Bologna gravy is good. Mm. I like red eye gravy. Red eye gravy. That changed mm. a lot. My mama can make that. Good. I've had tomato gravy one time. No, that was horrible. Mm. That's disgusting. It was like really thick tomato. Soup. People make chocolate gravy. I've never had chocolate gravy. Mm. It's good. Water gravy. You put it on a cookie. It's good. No yeah, milk. yeah. I can make water gravy. It's not good, but it. Oh uh, yes, it, it can is. Happen. It can. It, can, it depends. It can be good. Jeremiah loves it. Right. I do it with the. Um, uh, when I do cube steak and gravy, oh, I okay. use water I for that. It is good. Random good. fact, if you're Italian, gravy is like marinara sauce. That's what they call the gravy. <sighs> oh, man. Just give you it all It was going thought. so good until you did that. <laughs> Jonathan is right. a random fact. He is. He's full of them. All right. So I got another. It's a question. It's not necessarily rapid fire because I'd like to kind of dig into this. And uh, But I was searching rapid fire questions to ask you all, and I kind of come across this. <laughs> I'm going to ask this to Dad. As a, if you could talk to your younger self mm. as a pastor, what advice would you give a younger pastor? A pastor. The biggest thing that I learned, never, ever prejudge one person that walks through your doors. Somebody might walk through your door and they look like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Turn out to be the biggest devil you ever had. Mm. Another person may walk in, holes in their clothes, smell, I mean, just the filth of this world all over them. They get saved. God turns their life around. They turn out to be your greatest friend. Never prejudge anyone that walks through your doors. That's good. That's good. I mean, I guess it's a tendency or maybe a culture, but that's, in our culture, that's pretty much what everybody does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. And I would say the second thing would be, Put more emphasis on praying than you do studying. Yeah, I I think mm. that's a big thing. Yeah, we 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 do preparation, 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 preparation. But a lot of times the prayer is like secondary. Prayer is primary. 
preparation secondary. Mm, that's good. I had to learn that. <laughs> I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I want to learn some more. <laughs> yeah. I'm still learning. That's how I feel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got a bunch of questions. I don't want to just talk. Y'all can talk too. What advice would you give your younger self about stepping over boundaries in people's lives? Oh, wait a minute. Is, <laughs> is this coming from a personal experience? <laughs> no, no this, this is coming from being youth pastor to younger people. <clears throat> like your goal is to lead them to, I mean, into that walk with Christ. But you're also at a point where there's certain boundaries of their personal life. You can't step over to tell them you're wrong. You can't do this right. You well, this is probably leading into what y'all wanted to have this episode topic. That's yeah. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. And then I'll get back, my hold on to that. It. Hold okay. on to that question. Or do you want me to go ahead and answer? No, you go ahead. Well, I think y'all want to talk about balance yeah. is what y'all yeah. asked me. Mm-hmm. So, um, that is where I made my largest mistakes as a pastor in the last 25 years is um, not knowing where I needed to stop. Right. And Brother Barker said, pray a whole lot, move real slow. And I think that'll keep you from stepping out and stepping over. Mm-hmm. It's, that's the key. I mean, because I had a hard time trying to figure out what I was responsible for and what they're responsible for. And the right. longer I live, the more I realize I'm responsible for me and me alone. Mm-hmm. And I can love them, and I can pray for them, and I can be there for them when they have a wedding or a funeral or sickness. But every one of us, Romans chapter 14, going to give an account of ourselves. And I think the greatest problems in ministry come is when pastors get into a realm they're not supposed to be in. Um, I don't when – so, when I know someone's got an issue in their life now, I don't just – when I was a younger preacher, I would go to them. I'd say, this is what's going on in your life. This is what you need. I don't go now uninvited. If somebody wants to talk to me, I'll talk to them. Right. Even then, I have a – because I just know that it's not my responsibility. I'm responsible for myself, leading Rebecca, leading my family, and preaching the truth in this church, and that's, and that's it. And I'm telling you, that's where the majority of pastoral problems come from is overstepping boundaries that you're not supposed to. It's kind of having discernment. Yeah. Got to have some. You got to have a discernment. But if if you'll just be slow, if you'll just take your time and not just jump at stuff, I've found this out in the last few years that probably ninety percent of the problems in your church will work themselves out. Mm-hmm. But you go in to stir it up, and and you make a bigger problem. Uh, there was something going on here you were a part of probably six years ago. <laughs> I wasn't you weren't the problem. You were the problem. He was. He's one of the leaders of the church, but Rebecca. I don't know how many Sunday nights we left this church, and Rebecca said, when are you going to do something? You know what she was remembering? She was remembering old Pastor Jeremy. And I said, Rebecca, I know. It's driving me crazy. It's something that's just eating at me. And I said, 10-year-ago self, I said, I'd already jumped in the middle of it. I said, but look, things we've dealt with, things we've had to deal with. I said, let's give God a chance on this. And I'm going to tell you, God— completely took care of that. And Rebecca told me a couple months after it was taken care of, she said, God did that. She said, thank you for waiting. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, I don't want to say you did, you, you did through preaching. Mm-hmm. You'd be preaching and you would you would kind of, me being part of it. You knew. I knew what you were talking about. And the people involved in it were new. Sure. But the whole church. But you were helping the whole church. Right. But you were hitting on that point just True. a little bit. The and, Bible. And using the, the Bible. Bible. Right. And using the Bible to do it. Yeah. Circumstance doesn't change truth. No. Heard a preacher say that one time. 
It's true. Mm-hmm. And I mean, wouldn't you say in a place where you do go to that person, maybe overstep a boundary is kind of what Jonathan was talking about. With, even though you may fix a problem that's here right now, in the long run, you make an enemy. You make an enemy. Right. Unless God tells me. Yeah. Right. Now, if right. I get a clear word from the Lord, yes. you got to deal with that, then I'll bear that on my shoulders and go do it. But what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. as a young pastor, and I'm still young, I'm not an older pastor yet, but as a very young pastor, because I started at 22, I just jumped the gun every time and feel like that was my responsibility to take care of that. You yeah. thought every problem had to be fixed by you. Right. It's God's church. Right. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. I found out God does a pretty good job building church if I just get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. That's truth. I just yeah. get up, preach the truth, do. And I mean, I still get opinionated and I still get, I mean, I'm flesh. You know, I still get, I still overstep. I mean, right. I I'm, I still do. I try not to. But uh, that 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 is a great question, Jonathan. <laughs> I don't know if you've been meditating on that or what, but that's a good question. Well, let me ask you this, kind of going right along with that. So we've studied personalities and or temperaments mm. in college. I know Miss Heather love loves when I talk about this. <laughs> oh yeah. But the temperaments of a pastor, mm. you know, not everybody's the same. Does your temperament as a pastor dictate, that? dictate whether you are more prone to stay? It's going to, and it can be. A, mm-hmm. It can be a. Um, it can be a liability if you don't have certain traits. Yeah. And then it it can be a liability if you do. Right. So you've got, again, you lo- know I love the word we're talking about today. If you hadn't figured out, we're going to talk about balance. Yeah. I love the word balance. It's, mm-hmm. um, you've got to learn to balance. The pastor almost has to take hold of all four of those and kind of kind of – kind of say i'm not this but i want some of that right because mm-hmm. rebecca's got some traits that i don't have that i have picked up and tried to get and i've tried to get her to do the same and she has um but yeah it's gonna have a big bearing on yeah. on how you handle something well i was sitting there thinking while you was talking because a choleric's gonna be a bull in a right. china shop gonna yeah. just leave guts and yes. blood everywhere <laughs> yeah. in the pews and the phlegmatic phlegmatic's gonna, gonna let them run over him. yeah and so like the phlegmatic's got to grab a hold of what you just talking about mm-hmm. some of that you know, and the cleric's got to step back. Right. And the sanguine's got to realize that, that uh, it's not about you. It ain't about <laughs> you. That it's not personal. Not and you, you don't be so sensitive. They left your church not because right. they didn't like you, it's because they didn't like the word of God. You know, so and then the melancholy, they're just they need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they true. don't. It's a fact. The melancholy's the greatest if they're spirit filled and they're right. really horrible if they're not. Yeah. What's the what's the book? About the spirit-filled temperament, spirit-controlled temperament, Tim LaHaye. Tim LaHaye, it's great. great. That's one of those. If books. you don't have it, yes. if you're listening to the podcast or watching us, go get that book today and start reading it. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your parenting. It'll change how you deal with the people at your work. Mm-hmm. It'll change how you work with people in your church. If you're a pastor of a church, you need it. Yeah. I messed up as a young pastor a year in. Uh, not going to tell the whole story, but I had a deacon that was a melancholy, and. I just thought he was just, man, I, I don't want to say too much, but I just, it wasn't good. I, I studied that in college at my dad's college, Carolina Bible College, and realized what he was changed my pastoring and leadership to him. He became a great asset. Mm-hmm. He became a great asset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't we'll put a link in the description for the book. You, say, you, need, you need to put that name in Corner Library. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tim LaHaye, give us a little bit of a kickback on hey, that. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Some monetary gains. <laughs> 
It is yeah, one of the. I, I recommend. I told them when I taught that class at school. I said, I told all of y'all. I said, this is going to be one of the most important books you'll ever get in your library. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. And they saw that too after the 12 yeah, weeks. All the semesters we've done, all the classes we've done, I've loved every single one of them. It's favorite. That one but might. that's probably my favorite. Maybe not my favorite. I would say the it's the one that's neat. helped me the most. It's the one that's changed the way I think. Yeah. Completely changed the way I think. That was a good we thing. We need to find you another book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to get you something else to help you. The only regret I have about that class is it wasn't in person. Mm. You know, we had to do yeah. that online. It wasn't I, a we, lot in person. I did have to do I was COVID. It was all COVID, yeah. yeah. I wish we could have been in person. Because we could have talked and discussed yes. things, yeah. There yeah. could have been a lot of things That's we true. could have done on that. A good episode for y'all might be sometime to do talk about those four character yeah. traits. Yeah, because we've hinted on them for a season. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think people season. would really enjoy that to kind of. But we'll I bring mean, you back on for that one. So we, 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 yeah, we, we, we need some two listeners. We need some no, I got wife tr- and my wife. Yeah. When I taught the melancholy lesson, I got in trouble with my wife. Yeah. Because she's yes. a melancholy. Yes. Well, we really have all four personality traits because you're a melancholy, right? Mm-mm. I thought she was mel- You're uh, a phlegmatic melancholy. Phlegmatic. Yeah. Melancholy. Where the Chris cleric. is a choleric. You're Jeremiah's, a sanguine. I'm, I'm a sanguine more of a melancholy. But in my older age, phlegmatic. I'm a phlegmatic. Am I? Older age, I've had choleric come up in me. Mm-hmm. And I th- well, that's because when you're a leader, mm-hmm. you have, have to be. Some of that has to come out. Mm-hmm. When I was young, I was sanguine, choleric. Now I'm choleric, sanguine. Yeah. And yeah, it's. If you, and that probably sounds like some foreign language if you've never read the book. Right. You need to read You need to book. read the book. Maybe this will be a little spur to yeah. say, man, I want to learn something about that. Another question. I got okay. one. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Let me have a chance. Over yeah, here. I've already had. <laughs> I got plenty of questions. I know he talks to me all the time. Go ahead, Chris. You mentioned COVID, and I hate. Oh, to, I hate to bring. Are it we up. diving in on this? No, so, <laughs> I just. <coughs> I seen him. You know, the last. <laughs> you supposed to turn your head when you cough. That's a joke. Can you smell your mic? <laughs> What's it smell like? <laughs> smell, Mike. You know, like the last sixteen or eighteen, nineteen months now has been different. Church has been different and everything. And the whole time you've not been like, oh, this is horrible. This is bad. This is anything. You've always had like a, a good attitude, a good balance. outlook. And it's kind of a good balance. <laughs> that's, that's, good. that's, you know, that's kind of, I was thinking about that. What what made you go that way? What made you not want to, I mean, we kept everything going. We had to go outside for a while. We came back in. We just shut down a recent Wednesday Everything night rises and I mean, falls in leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm panicky, everybody else is going to be panicky. Right. If I'm a jerk, others are going to be a jerk. If uh, I'm afraid, others are going to be afraid. Mm-hmm. As a pastor, people look to you. They watch you. They see you. They're going to respond to how you respond. And, again, it's been a lot of times I've just not even said anything. Mm-hmm. There have been times we've had people that had COVID, and I didn't even tell the people that they had COVID. I just said, hey, pray for so-and-so. They're mm-hmm. out sick. One, I knew they had not been any, around anybody, mm-hmm. so there was no need to do the whole, Shut you know, uh, hey, you've been exposed. Yeah. It wasn't that because they weren't there. They may have got it at work or school or what have you. So why do I want to keep saying the C word? Yeah. COVID, COVID, COVID. And that's, <laughs> I'm like, that's all that does is, is when you yeah. magnify something yeah. to, to, all the time, it just magnifies all the anxiety and fears and stuff to come. So I've just kind of just stepped back, had a balance on it and just – um, prayed about it a lot. I've thought, you know, I've I've gotten counsel, uh, not from other pastors because they're all crazy, <laughs> but I've gotten from my deacons and uh, talked to Brock and Josh about it, and we've just talked, and I've just tried to just live. 
yeah. enjoy life. You know, there's other ways to die. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I hate to be pointed and, and ugly because, and I and I'm not being insensitive, but you know, this brother David Edwards said it right, and I don't know if he got it from somebody else, but he said some people are so afraid to die and they've stopped living, stopped living yeah. and you can't do that. You got to have you got to have a balance on that, and that's what I've tried to do. And the churches grew from it. The it's Lord's not, blessed. Yeah, it's not, and a lot of churches over the last year and a half died. They yeah, died they're out. divided. Yeah. They, you, right. I know a church right now, unvaccinated sit on one side and vaccinated sit on the other side. Seriously. That is a natural division, yep. I, and, and it's going to lead to a supernatural division. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got people in our church that are all masked. We've got others that say no mask for me. Yep. We've got some that are vaccinated. We've got some that's not vaccinated. It goes back to Romans 14. We're going to give an account of ourselves. Yep, right. And so I'm going to love everybody the same, no matter what they feel. I mean, other than Democrats. Uh, I'm going to love everybody the same. That was a joke. Um, and love everybody the same and, and just try to, you know, try to not magnify the bad. The Bible yeah. says be not overcome right. of evil, overcome Over- evil with good. Yeah. And everybody's overcome of evil in this in this last year and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of it out there. I, mm-hmm. I cut the news off. These guys know this. My church knows, knows this. I cut the news off after the election in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was just stupid. And I was getting back. Just said the S word. Stupid. <laughs> Everything was stupid. Everybody was acting crazy. The the hate and the the man. It was just vile. And I I was backslid. I was. It had it yeah. had not that I was in sin. Not that I was drinking or cussing or you know. But I was backslid because I was feeding my mind with evil, evil, mm-hmm. evil world, 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 evil, evil, evil. And I'm telling you, God busted my hide uh, down in the study one day, and I started reading my Bible like crazy. Uh, this year, I'm getting ready to finish the New Testament for the 10th time. I've already read the Bible through three other times. So, I mean, it's like 25 chapters a day, reading, 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 reading. And what I've done is I've overcome the evil with the good of the Word of God. That's good. That has got to be. It's got to be. That's big right there. Yeah. The Lord's good. The, be, book's, the book is powerful. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I keep looking at y'all because, like, I got plenty of questions. But I mean, if somebody else wants to ask a question, <laughs> y'all go ahead. I'm reading the, the reading the Bible through three times already. It's crazy. You it's read it through two ten times. You said the New Testament. Yeah, it's about six thousand chapters. I know so we've far. talked last, about speed last, reading and stuff like that, and that just that's convicting. Last time you read the whole Bible through, you read it through in twenty four twenty four days. Twenty four days. Yeah. That's, that's about crazy. That's about sixty chapters a day. That's awesome. But it. The Lord showed me some things in that that I didn't see mm-hmm. in other ways. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. You can do that when you only work a day and a half a week. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. That is a joke. That's Balance. a complete joke. Yes. No, when, when I read the, like that, when I'm reading 50 chapters a day to shred through in 30 days, I get up and I read 30 chapters first thing in the morning and get the biggest part of it done. And then throughout the day, when I, whenever instead of playing a game on my yeah. phone where I have – say Rebecca goes in the supermarket – and uh, or food line that's kind of old term. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of supermarkets. If Rebecca goes into the grocery you store, put your groceries in the cabinet or two. Yeah. <laughs> Piggly wiggly. If Rebecca goes in the grocery store in times past, I'd sit there and maybe play a game on my phone. Well, now I read a couple chapters, you know, and and it, that to me, it just helped. It mm, just helped. I guarantee it. How do you find a balance between ministry and personal life? Hmm. Because like with. At least I feel like for us, it's all the time ministry. What can we do to be better? What can we do to be more? Study, pray, all that kind of stuff. How do you find a balance between not taking away from your family, but like still being 
as much as you can be for the ministry, but as much as you can be for your family. I heard a statement when I was a teenager that I didn't even really understand completely, but I put it in my memory bank because of who said it. Harold Seitler, Pastor Tabernacle in Greenville, I heard Mm -hmm. him. He was preaching one night, and he said, duties never conflict. And I didn't even understand what he was saying, but he said, duties never conflict. And over the years, and I asked my dad about it later, and he was telling me what we was talking about. And what he meant is my duty as a pastor will, should never conflict with my duty as a husband. My duty as a husband should never conflict with my duty as a dad. Uh, my duty as a church member should never conflict with my duty as an employee or a parent. And that's, that's the key, is you, whenever my pastoring goes too far into my husband position then i need to back up when my husband comes too far into the pastor i need to back it up whenever me my loyalty to my wife interferes my loyalty to my son or vice versa then i need to back both of those up they don't conflict you can't allow them to to override each other Mm -hmm. and that statement i mean that's probably where i got that's probably (laughs) hello that's probably did you set that up for failure? <laughs> yeah, so, yep. That's probably where I got balance uh, in yeah. my life from. Can I ask a follow-up question yeah. that's more yeah. like personal than anything? Aftermath. Yeah. Re- rebuttal. <laughs> How, as far as me being a phlegmatic, I'm a sanguine first, a phlegmatic second, a cleric third. Mm-hmm. How do I, like as far as the phlegmatic part, because I stay away from conflict most of the time. And so to me, anytime there's every bit of conflict, I automatically back up from it. What? Nothing. Yeah, Nothing. that's Go my ahead. cleric rising up in yeah. me. But my, I automatically stand back. But there comes a point where you need to say, okay, regardless of what your wife says, ministry does have a part. Mm-hmm. And like finding that balance. That's the individual. That's the individual. Being aware that there needs to be a balance is the start. Right. And some people just for, completely forget that, and they go haywire in their life. So the first thing is awareness, mm-hmm. and then you got to apply it. You know, you've got to you've got to come up. Every area in life has got um, dilemmas that mm-hmm. you have to deal with. Uh, people that have no life are the ones that gave up trying to figure out a solution to the dilemma. So right. being aware and then you know learning to apply it, and of course it all goes back to the Bible. I got a, yeah. I got something. I know that sounds vague. <clears throat> no, no, but I that you. you know, well, he just told me it's all on me. It's all on you. <laughs> Work out it. Work it out. Work out, it out yourself. <laughs> there's a there's a book on balance that just come out recently, and I, I'd like to get it and read it. But the way they were promoted and everything is balance is not you do all the things equally. Is that you you there's like a season for stuff, and you do what's right right then. Mm, yeah, you, you kind of agree. I with think that? you can balance everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to pick and choose. I know, but do you say do you say all right? I have to read my Bible for an hour that day. Well, maybe you read it for thirty minutes today because you got other things that are obligated. Right. Like this, that, right. And then you read it. Then you know you don't have that to. That happens. It. There are days. I mean, when I yeah, say yeah, twenty-five, yeah. on that's an average. Yeah. There are days when I don't get but ten, but then the next day, I may get up earlier. Mm. You know, and read forty. But don't feel tied down that you have to do this for this set amount of time every right. day. Have a balance on that because if you get that nonchalant, yes, yeah, yeah. you have to have a, even a balance on that because if you get nonchalant, well, I, I've got other things. Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. I didn't read it none this week, so I'm going to try to read it seven hours. Today yeah, and then your wife's like, where have you been all, yeah. <laughs> all morning? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, read the um, whole New Testament. <laughs> Brother, Brother Dale's got a pretty good statement about that. 
um, when it comes to planning and time and stuff. And it's actually really good. He tells it to me all the time. And he's, and I can't remember who told it him years ago. He said a guy came into his office and he told him, was talking to him about having time for this and that and that. And he said, Dale, plan your play, plan your work, then work your plan. Mm-hmm. And it's, you need to have, not, I, you need a schedule. Again, it changes, just like what we were just talking about. But if you do have that set in place in your life, it does make a huge difference. Yeah. I don't want to over-spiritualize this, okay? okay. <laughs> but I serve a God who can stop time. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He did it. He made <laughs> he the sun stand still That's for Joshua. Right. Here's what I believe with all my heart. If I prioritize and I keep God first and my family second and my ministry third and everything else after that, God knows how to create time for me. I, I, hmm. I know that sounds too big and spiritual. But you're right. But I really believe that if I prioritize that God can give me more efficiency. Yeah. I don't know if that even makes sense, but we're just, let's just get honest for a second. Y'all have talked about the whole screen time thing before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We waste a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. And if you would really take a step back and think, I spent an hour watching TV. Mm-hmm. I spent 30 minutes playing a stupid video game. I, I said stupid again. <laughs> I, I spent, it's okay. You're not preaching. You're something. You know, I could have took a five-minute shower. Uh, I could have got ready so much faster, but I gommed around in the house. And I mean, we waste a lot of time. Oh, yeah. We mm-hmm. waste a lot of time. And it, and it, what it does, it interferes with our meditation, for one mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. You don't have time not to. You've right. got to get in. That's exactly right. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the 80-20 thing, I told you all to talk about that, you know, to read that, that that efficiency, me and Donathan's talked about efficiency since he come to work here, and, you know, and 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 and, and so it's, it's important. I think that's where it starts, mm-hmm. is learn where you're wasting time mm-hmm. so you can balance everything. I hear yeah. people's whine and complain about what all they do I, I really want to tell them come <laughs> live with me and rebecca for one week and donathan <laughs> <laughs> and you'll find out guilty by association yeah jeremiah's <laughs> lived the life he knows what it, what it is but we're doing something all the time it's pro- productivity you gotta have something. <laughs> lydia we was coming home last night and i was talking to her about what we're doing today because we're doing the amen corner and then other stuff and what all we got going on she said i get so sick and tired of all that we do she said our life is so crazy yeah <laughs> it i don't know who said it first somebody said it i don't know but they said it was right i've never been tired of the way i've in been tired in the way, way. and I, i've never got tired of what i do in the ministry god's given my family our family i've never got tired of, mm-hmm. of it but there have been times when i've been tired in it what do you do when you find yourself not tired of being a pastor, not tired of being a preacher or whatever? What do you do when you feel yourself just tired? Well, the first thing I do is don't, I don't blame God, and I don't blame my congregation. I blame me. Mm-hmm. I look at myself and say, why are you burnt out? Yeah. What have you done? Why have you, where are you dropping the ball? I hate to even use this word because I know he's going to try to take it to a realm that we don't want to go. A punter. Sometimes yeah. you have to step back as a football team. You want to get to the end yeah. zone, but you got to right. step back and regroup. Shh. 
<laughs> and punt the ball and hope for a better yeah. series yeah. the next time. Right. If you don't learn to do an inventory on your life, your marriage, your ministry, you're going to fail. So is it okay to say no to some things? You got to say no. Yeah. But you got to learn priorities. Yeah. When mm-hmm. to say no and what to say no to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't say no to your wife. You just don't. You <laughs> find say a way. no to God, you don't say no to your wife. <laughs> but yes, you do. That you you learn there are things that right now in my life at this stage are not important anymore that I would have said yes to yeah. every time. Yeah. I don't get to go around visit churches and revival meetings like I did when I was a young preacher. I just can't. If I'm not preaching somewhere, generally I want to be at home with my wife because I preach out a lot and the ministry here has grown. And so I would love, I'd love to go visit churches. It's where you build relationships. Y'all need to be doing that now because somebody is going to help you along, but I can't do that. So that's something now I have to say no to. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, I've had people say, can you do this? And I'm like, man, I, I honestly, I can't. And it's, it's hard. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. I don't like that word. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, hate I know. It's, but you're right, though. There's times you got to say no. You, you have to. You have to. And there's another aspect of balance y'all have not even talked about, and that's the balance of of um, legalism and liberalism and mm-hmm. trying to find that. I think that would yeah. be good to talk about here in a second. You got no, some saying, questions on that? In the aftermath. Well, we're, yeah. we got a new segment. <laughs> they don't know yet. Oh, we got yeah, a brand right. new segment yeah. on the Amen Corner. You guys that are watching here on YouTube. Uh, we're going to sign off here in just a few minutes, and when we do sign off, we're but not done with the podcast. Fun. We need to. Keep oh, I know going. we're not done yet. But when we do, there's going to be an after the Amen Corner. Uh, we need we a ain't name. got a name for we it. We need yet. a name for it. Call me in a name. Would you the afterthought, the aftermath. We'll think about it after, but <laughs> aftershock. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about it, and we may get dive into that part right there about yeah. the balance between legalism, liberalism, finding a balance mm. between. Um, I'm excited about that because there are, there is two there's two ditches but we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna get there so hey, don't don't go thank anywhere. y'all for coming back for the second season I think it's gonna be yeah phenomenal. yeah thank you we're gonna have fun it's good yeah. to be with y'all thank y'all for hey, listening you, watching viewing and subscribing we're glad I want to come back oh you're coming back you got to come back taking time out of your uh, we got other schedule. questions no, I didn't say no to this balance does in there hey but we ain't done yet. Don't miss hey, the rest of this podcast. Go over to the check podcast and check out the Q&A that we're about to do. It's going to be great. The A-Bang Corner Podcast. Find it everywhere. And uh, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, whatever you listen to the podcast on. You can check us out hey, there. Don't forget, click that subscribe button on YouTube. Click the subscribe button on podcast. Click the bell notification. Don't miss anything. Yeah, on YouTube, hit that bell notification and you'll get like a text alert. Mm-hmm. And come see us at Thanks to Calvary sometime, 1522 Austin Trap Hill Road in Elkin, on, North now. Carolina. That'll work. Or Amazing Grace Baptist Church in hey, North Carolina. Carolina. We'll see y'all next week. All right, we'll see y'all next week here on YouTube, and uh, go check out the podcast. Yeah, see ya. Yeah. Okay. Hello, podcast episode. dwellers. Hey, podcast guys. <laughs> Brother, he's going to say this is a good episode podcast every time. Posse. Yeah, it was a great episode. It was fun. It was a great episode. Uh, Best one this season. How about that? We didn't have much to live up to, though. Let's be honest. Not this season. (laughs) Not this season. It's gonna be tough to beat this one. I think the topic that we just talked about for forty some forty eight minutes or something like that. Really, we went that long? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think Mm -hmm. it's one of the most needed topics, though. And you said that because it's like your favorite word. You've (sighs) used it all my life. I mean, I've heard you talk about it a lot, especially in the last. Ten years, really? I've heard you talk about it, but it's needed. Without, it's a topic that changed my life. 
Like when you like, because I never really had that specific like balance. When you first said it, I was like, I know how to balance. I can stand on. I can stand on one foot. But like when I sat back and found like the balance in ministry, the balance in music, there's a balance to everything. Mm. Yep, everything. Well, there's two statements that I've heard out of the same people. Okay. I've heard the same people say these two statements. Every, um, there's, every road has two ditches. And I've also heard the same one say there's nothing in the middle of the road but yellow streaks and dead skunks. And those are contrary. Yeah. yeah. But the same independent Baptists that we are say that. Every road has two ditches. Nothing in the middle of the road but yellow streaks and dead skunks. So they're both right. Yeah. They're both right, and but 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 how did how do those two coexist? Mm. Yeah, there's y'all question. <laughs> well, he asked you questions for forty five minutes, brother Heath. Why don't you answer? That? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the key: Proverbs talks about a false balance. In fact, I, I put this down: a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. Proverbs twenty verse twenty three: divers weights are an abomination to the Lord. A false balance is not good. And that's it's referring to Deuteronomy 25, where they were weighting their bags to where they could cheat people. And I was thinking about that. It's about a it's, it's talking about a man that would deceive somebody by making them believe he had something that he wasn't that he did not have, or that he was someone that he was. And the, the key is this, and this is what Proverbs also says, and this is great. Proverbs 16:11: A just weight and balance are the Lord's. Hmm. The balance is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And all the weights of the bag are his work. And then Amos talked about the plumb line. Y'all know the plumb line yeah. about um, Paul talked about the cannon, the rule, uh, which is the measuring tape, measuring stick. And the bottom line is, is the, the balance is in the Lord. It's in the Word of God. Um, and I was thinking about that. Here, Let me give you this verse. Um, Romans 14, 17, Paul's talking about trivial things, meat and drink. And here's he said, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. He said, it's righteousness, it's peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's your balance. Hmm. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And all three of those come from the Holy Ghost. Yes. For in he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Wow. Balance. Yeah. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. I'm telling you what's killing Christianity. It's lopsidedness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've I'm not calling names. You've got you've got both ditches. You've got those that are so hypercritical. Yeah. That would be called legalist. I I don't even like that term. Mm-hmm. Uh, because legalism is is adding Works to grace. It's really not what it's really not what everybody's using. Right. The better term would be hypercritical. Mm-hmm. And then you've your got to be this short. And your dress yes. got to be this long. Wire rim glasses yeah. are of the devil. Cowboy can't, boots. You can't know, wear pink shirts. It's just it's just crazy. And 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 it doesn't even have to go that far for it to be mm-hmm. hypercritical. Right. Um, it could be the overstepping. Okay. Then you got the other crowd on the other side that have been offended by the hypercritical crowd, and they've went all the way to the other end of the world. And everything is okay. Mm-hmm. And so lopsided Christianity is what Paul's talking about. He said it's not these trivial meat and drink things. And if you make your ministry about trivial things, 
you're going to have trivial people. Mm -hmm. If you make your ministry about carnal things, you're going to have carnal people. And so the key is the plumb line. It's the Word of God. And what Paul said, he said, righteousness, that's truth. He said, peace, that's tranquility. And he said, joy, that's thrills. That's enjoying life, having a ball. And if it ain't got sin in it, go have fun. Find a balance. Find a balance. The balance is the Lord's. Yes. How do you find... I know, I know it's all going to be through truth of the Word, what mm-hmm. you just talked about, and the sermon of the Holy Ghost to help you. Mm-hmm. How do you find the balance in a service when it – I'm just going to ask you. If mm-hmm. you don't want to answer, you don't have to. When it comes to music, the balance between – When to push it and when to hold be, back. I mean, because that, that's probably one of the most you're talking, prevalent – You're talking about – I'm talking about music when it comes to – what we know as today as traditional music contemporary. versus contemporary music. Or Christian rock. Mm. Or Christian rock. Which I don't know if you can't have Christian drugs. Can you have Christian drugs? No, or Christian fornication. Right. I don't <laughs> think you can. <laughs> Christian rap. I mean, no. <laughs> the key on that is truth. It's got to have truth in it. Yeah. yeah. And then it's got to have, it can't have the element of the world. We're to come out from among them. We cannot be like them. So we have to be careful. My daddy, one time I was playing I'll Fly Away, and he come over there and he said, he said, play something old. I said, that's I'll Fly Away. He said, well, make it sound like it used to sound. Mm. <laughs> and what he did that day, he gave me a balance on my music. And I have to be careful, even with myself, yeah. you know. So we news flash at Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elka, North Carolina, Dr. Jeremy's pastor. We sing some contemporary songs. Oh, no. Ah! Are you serious? Yes, we do. We sing some contemporary songs. My son, Jeremiah Simpson, missionary, sang some contemporary songs. Just lost 47 supporters. (laughs) He didn't have much support if he lost them. But anyhow, here's the deal. You take the truth of a song and you bring it back to the Christian sound. Yeah, that's the and 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 anybody and I know they'll they'll say, well, the Christian sound was different a hundred years ago. It sure was, but it was for that day. Yeah, it was for right. that day, and and there's just the world sound was different a hundred. The years world ago. sound was different, and so again, it's finding a balance of not being so hypercritical where you say we're not blessed. God gonna have any contemporary music. I know guys that are like that that I've seen them shout their goozle out over a song that originated mm-hmm. on a contemporary mm-hmm. station yeah. yep. that had truth in it that somebody took and 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 adjusted it mm-hmm. to 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 holiness most foothills youth choir songs are contemporary quite songs. a bit yeah. in fact a lot of the southern gospel the, the independent baptist they're so shallow and so yeah, superficial goodness. and mm-hmm. unscriptural and and so and again i'm not a i'm not a fan of the 7-Eleven song where you repeat, 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 yeah. repeat. But how about just over in the glory land? It kind of repeats just mm-hmm. over in the glory land. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and so yep. never grow old. Ne- never grow old. <laughs> never. never grow old. I mean, yeah, but I love that song. I do That's one of your grand- great grandpa's. I know. I love it too. So I'm not. I'm just saying you got to have you got to have a balance on that. Well, what's hard? I want to comment on that. Go ahead. Go and ahead. the reason I want to comment on it is I've seen the other other side of the train tracks on that. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I thought that growing up when I was a teenager. I thought that was what it is. Mm-hmm. That's how you keep teenagers in, is you make it right, look no. like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, but let it be a Christian. Wrong. But I've learned that... That's how you give them religion. That's right. Learned. That's, that's good English, ain't <laughs> yeah, it? I learned. <laughs> I have learned that it is that God's not in that. 
And this is tea from winter. Yeah, yeah. but tea, I found it. <laughs> I tell you, God's but not God's, God's not, not in, in the no. hypocritical stuff either, right? And no. it's, there's a and it's a balance. And we talked about that. I mean, I took uh, as a youth leader at 16 years old. I was thrown into it. Mm-hmm. I took kids, piled them up in a church van, took them to a to winter jam, mm-hmm. and and I thought that that's where it was at. But all it was was fake. Mm-hmm. I yeah. found out that it was a fake. Yeah, they were wanting what we have here. Yeah, but it was all fake. Well, I was going to ask, you, and that's funny because we literally going right side by side here. I was thinking while you was talking about it, it feels like today in our churches trying to find the balance with young people to say, trying to give them the feel mm. of what the world is, meaning the fun, the excitement. How do you do that without? Because it all goes back to balance. It really does. <laughs> How do you give them the fun, the thrill, excitement, and all that stuff, but not give them what the world is giving them? How do you do that with giving them truth? Truth. You got Rebellion is rebellion, no matter what face it has. And you've got rebellion on the liberal side. You've got rebellion on the legalistic side. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about one another. What the guys on the liberal side are doing is just as wrong as what the guys on the legalistic side are doing. (laughs) Rebellion is rebellion. As far as the kids, as far as the young people, they've got to have something real. Mm -hmm. It's got to be real. It is not. If you win them with a hot dog, you got to keep them with a hot dog. If you win them with a rock concert, you got to keep them with a rock concert. And y'all were talking about this a while ago about the youth and 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 Donathan's talking about how they got to have fun. Yes, you got to have you got to have a big time with kids. But if you don't connect to their spirit, mm-hmm. if you don't connect to that inner man, then and again that goes back to a lot of prayer, a lot of power, mm-hmm. a lot of prayer, and mm-hmm. a lot of power. We've 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 substituted uh, the flesh and the arm of flesh has failed us. Well, kids know when you're fake too. Yes, they, they, know, they know. They're they know the, the very real. ones that know. Yeah, yes. they can figure it out Absolutely. above all else. When you give them the, I don't want to sound cliche when I say this, but when you give them the contemporary, if you don't have the power, if you don't, if you give them the fun, the thrills of whatever good time together, and you don't have the power, then it's not going to last. Now, let me tell you why. It's temp- if I want to listen to rock music, I'm going to go listen to somebody that can do it. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, have yeah. y'all watched the average church that is contemporary? I mean, it sounds like a dying half on stage. They can't sing. They were raised in strict homes yeah. that they didn't listen to anything but hymns. And then they find them a guitar and a laser light, and they go out they and go start. crazy over it. And they can't sing. They can't it's pitiful. It's yeah. pitiful. They're, like me trying to get they're gonna lose. <laughs> they're gonna lose them because the kids are gonna say, "Man, I could get this at, you know, yeah. I could go to a concert yep. and they find got, somewhere else." They're anything. professionals. These guys. So I'm not. Kids just know if there's real. Yeah. You, you, yeah. What I'm telling you, I know for a fact, and we're seeing it at Thanks to Calvary. I've seen it where I pastored before. Young people, when you when they get around what's real, they 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 can't. They, they love, love it. it. They love. They it. love it. They love it when they when they really, really get in the Holy Spirit for the first time. They're ruined. They're ruined, yeah. and um, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. In a good way. And I'll say this: balance is not compromise. Right. Uh, I, agree. I agree. Everybody needs to understand that. If you yeah. listen to the podcast and and now you're hearing this, balance is not compromise. We got to stay with the book. Elijah said, "How long halt ye between two opinions?" Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Again, there's like, how can balance be right if he said, "Don't do that"? Well, Jesus said, "Can't serve God and mammon." Yeah. So, 
you know, that would be anti-balance, right? You go back to yeah. the truth. You got to have truth. the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, balance, balance is a point of equilibrium. Um, it's not going that way or that way. Okay. It's, it is. <sighs> it's what rightly divides both, right? Yeah. It, well, it's, it's staying in between two opposites. Mm-hmm. That's where balance is. Balance is staying in between two opposites. I'm so happy because um, that leads me to my next question. Well, let me ask you this. You're talking about on a balance beam. You said you was talking when I said balance. And you was like, well, if you're going to oh, yeah. balance something. Stand on one foot, yeah. Okay, that's going to be a whole lot of work. Yeah. That's going to be a whole lot of energy of the flesh. Yeah. The key to true balance is it's putting not- things in priority, and there's something in the middle. There's a center that it balances, that balances it. The center is Christ. Mm-hmm. It's our responsibility to prioritize and let God be the center of the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you about this verse. Because if all you're going to do is get on a balance beam, you're going to wear yourself out. Mm-hmm. You're going to get burnt out. Yeah. I was going to ask you about this verse, and I just want to know your opinion because it's a theological question, and I want to, I want to see if it's rightly divided because it's a verse that a lot of people take it out of context as far as what it's written. And it's Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And every, we always hear it used, and there's tons of applications that you can use it of. Sure. God can help me in this. God can help me in that. But in context, the verse prior to it, it says, I know how to be a base. Paul, he's talking about the church of Philippi supporting him. And he says in verse number 12, he says, I know how to be a base, and I know how to abound. Mm-hmm. Everywhere and in all things, I instructed both to be full and to be hungry and to abound and to suffer. He's listing total contradictions. Opposites. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ. Which through Christ, there's your center. So Paul, when he wrote Philippians 4.13, he was talking about a balance, right? Yes. Okay. That, that's. But it was in relation to. Yeah, he was talking about monetary gain sure. and everything. But Yeah, I mean, those are polar opposites mm-hmm. uh, there yeah. that he's talking about. It's through Christ. Christ the, is the center. Balance, you're finding the center. Yeah, it's the balance is not. The balance is not struggling on a high wire, right? That's what, that's where you get off, and you're you're in the wrong you're in the wrong area of balance. Balance is what the Bible talks about there. You know, false balance and uh, prioritizing, making sure you've got what I was talking about—the duties, never mm-hmm. conflict, and putting it in the right spot. And when you do that, let God worry about where it falls. Yeah, I think so. Does that help? Stuff. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it's, I don't know how you add anything to that. No, I know. I, I mean, for a first episode, I feel like it came full circle. Like I feel like it concluded. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. I think uh, you don't want to miss the rest of the season too. Oh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I'll give you another balance for preachers. Second Timothy four, mm-hmm. reprove, rebuke, exhort. Exhort. Paul gave a balance. Uh, as a pastor, I go back and I look at different things in my my sermon log. And I see, if I've not preached on heaven in a while, I'm going to ask God to let me preach on heaven. If I've not preached this, quit laughing. (laughs) Is there still a heaven? (laughs) (laughs) But I try to balance salvation, sanctification, glorification. You know, try to balance your sermons to where it's just so important. It's good good stuff. We heard a good one on hell. Yeah, we did last yeah. Sunday night. We need more help. The old statement, y'all probably never good. even heard it. All work and no play makes Joel, Jake a dull boy. Dull, dull boy. You ever heard that? <laughs> yeah. All work and no play makes Jake a dull boy. Yeah. Yeah. But all play <laughs> and no work makes him a bum. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's There's true. a balance. That's it. So.
that's it. Hey, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in to the A-Man Corner, very first episode of season two. And, uh, man, we're excited. Hey, I'm serious. Click that subscribe button. Please you're click gonna, it. You're going to miss some things if you don't click it. Look, if you don't click it, he's not going to shut up. I'm going to tell you every <laughs> single week. And, uh, hey, I like it, y'all. Well, thanks for letting me come on. I want to come back. Well, I was, Donathan and Heath are doing sign language to each other. They're third base coaches <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, this is the end of the first uh, episode of season two. Thank you, hey, Dr. Simpson, for being on here. Welcome back to the Amen Corner. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Preacher. Come Thank back. You. Come back next week. And uh, it may not be as good as this one because Dr. Simpson won't be here, but it's going to be good, I promise you. And uh, until we meet again, y'all be good. See y'all. Right. See, See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.